0: back to the ADR podcast. It's uh, Monday, August 11th, 2014. Uh, This is episode 63. My name is Brian Hamilton, and I uh, thank you for tuning back into the show. Uh, Today was a pretty big day. I'm abandoning my plans for the French New Wave theme this week uh, to talk about Robin Williams. Uh, His death was announced earlier today, uh, um, and this year has been horrible for uh actor celebrity deaths uh philip seymour hoffman earlier this year and now uh robin williams who is in some of my favorite movies from my childhood especially um he's one of those people who like for me he was always like you know comparable to harry potter when i was a kid he was in a bunch of movies As, as i grew older he was in a bunch of other movies and things i still have yet to appreciate and i love the fact that you know he has this incredible back catalog of uh wonderful movies that will survive him and uh you know keep him relevant for years to come because he's in some incredible incredible uh performances and some incredible movies and uh tonight is uh i watched dead poet society uh probably my favorite performance of his uh, as soon as i um as soon as I heard about his uh death earlier tonight i said I'm I'm gonna watch Dead Poet Society in honor of this and uh you know, I'll push the French New Way for uh next week, but for uh, this week it's all about Robin Williams. It's all about Dead Poet Society tonight on ADR. Um I've seen this movie many, many times over the course of uh the past few years, and I have to say this one. Not even in terms of, you know, Williams' death, but I feel like I paid so much more attention this time around and, uh, you know, really have a lot more to say about and a lot more to think about. You know, if even with a once-over viewing, it's a movie that still leaves a profound impact just because of the subject matter and the very uh, surface themes, but even deep down, even further down, it's one of the um, most incredible, incredible works of film I've ever seen. So it's 1959. It's the Welton Academy in Vermont, and, uh, these boys are starting a new semester. They have a new English teacher named John Keating, who is played by Robin Williams, and, uh, in... He's always the one that gets top-billed in this movie, and it's wonderful. You know, he's an incredible, incredible, uh, part of this movie. He's the catalyst for everything that happens at this incredibly, you know, aristocratic, high-class private school. And, um... This time around, I feel like I resonated, or I related a lot more to the kids. Um, in previous viewings, they'd always been, you know, just kind of a you know bunch of kids. Not like The Sandlot, where they've always had you know distinct personalities, different things to do. But in this uh, movie, I've always felt like the kids were just kind of like a group of kids, like a Greek chorus worth of uh, <laughs> of extra characters, just to provide you know something to move the plot forward. In this one, I you know even though they all have stuff to do this time around, watching it. I could actually pick out you know, the different characters as they had different things and different arcs throughout the movie. They're told so subtly. Um, I love the fact that uh, at the very beginning... Also, spoiler warning, I'm not giving a crap about spoilers this episode, so uh, I will be talking about every single aspect of the movie. If you've not seen this movie yet, I urge you, go out and see it, especially now. Um, this is one of those movies where... i'm sure you'll know some things about it but even in terms of uh just the way that it's done i don't want to spoil anyone from this incredible movie not around now not at this time so please go out and watch dead poet society if you haven't seen it already so the way that um some of the characters uh have grown over the course of the uh, movie i love the fact that they have um you know these really different uh arcs that i had never seen before uh just because i always thought of them as like a you know group of kids to drive that plot along because you know it's in the school you need kids (laughs) um so you know you don't really have too much of a main character you have like the most important character the catalyst and that's robin williams but uh some of the kids as well uh todd anderson who at the very start is probably the most shy kid that the movie focuses on he's in this group of kids you know neil todd knox um Richard, Stephen, all these other people, you know, with very wonderfully English aristocratic names. Uh, they um, they focus a lot on this uh, this kid Todd, who is uh, um, dealing with you know coming here for the first time and fulfilling his brother's uh, shoes, uh, fulfilling his shoes, uh, filling his shoes, fulfilling his you know, kind of destiny. Uh, he had a brother that was one of the greatest students ever there, so he's really really concerned about trying to work within the system and live up to him. But over the course of the movie, he learns that he doesn't need to. He learns that he can do his own thing, especially with uh, you know, the wonderful scene where they throw the uh, desk set, the desk kit uh, over the ledge. Um, you know, he learns that he can do anything he wants on his own, um, thanks to the teacher, Thanks to Robin Williams, and uh, even at the end of the movie, he's the one that starts the "Oh Captain, My Captain" desk standing that we all know and love from this movie. Um, now, then we have the main, like, kid character, I guess, the one who I guess uh, people res- uh, resonates with people the most because uh, of his suicide. Neil Perry, played by um, by Robert Sean Leonard, who uh, trivia. Robert Sean Leonard and Ethan Hawke. Uh, this is their first movie together. Their second was uh, Tape, which I did an episode on a few weeks ago, completely unrelated. Anyway, um, Neil Perry, played by Robert Sean Leonard, um, he has an incredibly overbearing father. Uh, he's forcing him to go through uh, Harvard and go to medical school to the point where he says, you are going to Harvard, you are going to medical school. And, um, and he won't let his son act. And that's what uh, Neil wants to do. He thinks, uh, inspired by Keats, Keating, Keat, oh, this is such a clusterfuck of an episode. I am so shaken. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was really emotional watching this movie again after uh, hearing of Robin Williams' death. Um, So sorry about um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry about this episode guys uh, I promise I will be a little bit more cl- uh, calm cool and collected throughout the rest of the week but um, no that was, uh, that was a bit of a shaking experience anyway um, John Keating the teacher that's what I was talking about uh, inspired by Keating Neil decides to uh, pursue acting for a little bit for a semester and uh, he ends up getting the lead in uh, midnight, mids- Midsummer Night's Dream uh, and he's amazing He does a wonderful performance that makes him happy, makes everyone around him happy. There's wonderful, wonderful scenes of all the kids, you know, cheering him on, being very, very happy at the show as he's performing, and I love it. I love that kind of camaraderie that this movie uh, really drives home. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But his father is there, and uh, he pulls him out from the back of the auditorium and says, no, you, you have to come home with me now after the show ends come home and say, okay, no, uh, Keating cannot put you up to this because we've made lots of sacrifices for you to go there and uh, you are going to military school now. We're pulling you out of this private school and bringing you to military school so you can go to Harvard and be damn sure you're making it through medical school and then you can do whatever the hell you want. So in a very, very, very drastic turn of events, um, Neil kills himself after his dad says that he can't stay at Welton anymore, after he's told he's going to military school. As soon as that happens, everyone goes crazy. I mean, as they should. It's a suicide. It's horrible. Uh, there's a wonderful scene of Todd immediately after that running off into the snow yelling, Neil, no, why? It's incredibly powerful. Um, there are some movies where suicide feels like a cop-out, which is horrible because, you know, it's, suicide is one of the it's it's horrible, and especially now that Robin Williams, you know, there's rumors of his death being a suicide. It's not confirmed yet, and his uh, battle of depression is very well is well known. But you know, anyway, uh, there's a sort of sermon held for Neil at the school, and what struck me the most on this viewing was the way that the headmaster's speech to the students was worded. At the request of Neil's parents, we are going to conduct a thorough investigation into what's happened. Something along those lines. But first of all, at the request of Neil's parents, the script and the movie make it very, 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 very clear that it's the parents uh, telling him he can't act that instigated the suicide it's incredibly clear at that point because it's all that neil has talked about the entire movie he has some wonderful scenes between uh him and robin williams where they where they discuss his love of acting and they discuss how to talk to his family to make sure he can act because it's his passion that's the one big lesson that um i love there's so many of them so many uh you know things that robin williams says in this movie that are incredible but the one that resonated with me most this viewing was uh these are the things that sustain life food water shelter all that stuff but romance whimsy uh love uh, embracing life that's what we stay alive for so relating that back to neil you know that's what he's staying alive for he's he may need to he may need to go to medical school to pay the bills but it doesn't matter as long as he's not happy and acting makes him happy. So that's why he does it. That's why this movie, you know, is so successful. It shows people being touched by Robin Williams's lessons. And the fact that the things he says resonates with them on that kind of level that they decide to seize the day. Carpe diem. Um, <laughs> God, I'm so sorry about this episode. I'm, into my recording i'm about 13 minutes in and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna have to cut half of this out because uh this is rambly long lots of long breaks lots of pauses lots of uh very near crying yeah (laughs) Um, okay so anyway circling back to you know the parents the fact that they're the ones that are instigating this investigation into the school and and whatnot the that is what infuriates me so much about the whole situation and the way that the movie ends up you know progressing they realize that there's nothing they can do to save keating there's nothing they can do to make it such that the parents and the uh administration understand what neil was going through from the parents' perspective all that they know is neil goes off to school there's a new teacher Neil comes back from school, wants to act, and decides to kill himself. That's all they see. But from our perspective, from the kid's perspective, from any sane person's perspective, it's these kids being enlightened by this teacher who's showing them joy, showing them how to appreciate life and words and love and people and all of that. And the most soul-crushing scene of this movie is when... Todd goes into the dean's office, the headmaster's office, with his family there. This is the point where they realize they have to give up hope on saving Keating. Or at least, you know, if they turn him in, they can save themselves and stay in the school. Because obviously that's the most important thing about the situation. They stay in school. They appease their parents. They make sure they get the diploma. And they go to Harvard. (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) um, the most soul-crushing scene of this movie he goes in... And the way that the headmaster describes the situation to him is heartbreaking. As we understand it, Mr. Keating put uh, Neil up to this whole acting business, telling him to deliberately disobey his family and indulge in uh, self-something activity, self-destructive and indulgent, debaucherous activity. Oh my god. So there's that. I've always loved the aesthetic of, like, a old-style boys' private school. I don't know why. I've always thought it's, you know, it's comforting, you know? The way that—I feel like—I I was talking to someone about this uh, a little bit earlier this week. They were talking about how, you know, there's no change in America. Like, it's very rare that there's any big, substantial change in America. So these people are along for the ride. They're all very wealthy. Uh, they're all, you know, served very well by the system— by the system stick it to the man i can't believe i just said that the system Urgh, rage against the machine anyway <laughs> um so they are very well off they are served well by this uh economy and the system especially in the 50s when uh this kind of suburban northeastern fun not fun like that kind of prestigious academy and uh institution was viable and a lot more well off and well accepted than it is today. You know, we still have Harvard, we still have, you know, Ivy League, but I feel like it's a lot less, you know, uppity and righteous than it would have been back in, you know, 1959. But there's still that kind of camaraderie and comfort knowing that, you know, when you're along for the ride like this as an audience member in a movie like Dead Poet Society you're along for the ride with them you know there's comfort to the community at this kind of school there's a comfort in you know watching these boys enjoy themselves and have this wonderful camaraderie where they eventually go off and have these dead poets society meetings and they end up you know having a great time there's the architecture of the school there's um you know these big beautiful crisp fall fields and it's shot very, very beautifully. Uh, You know, the rowing teams, the small cramped dorms that I, for some reason, seem to romanticize about. And uh, I I love that kind of aesthetic where it's small, cramped, confined, comforting, comforting, very warm you know everyone's wearing these goddamn cardigans and sweaters they look warm you want to give them a hug they have this big poofy hair you want to like give them a hug there's it's comforting knowing that this kind of institution is there and that we're along for the ride and then keating shows up and disrupts all of that he's you know a wolf in sheep's clothing he's wearing the suits he's uh in the classrooms he's in the campus But then he teaches about things that make them uncomfortable. There's moments in the movie where he will talk and everyone will exchange these incredibly uncomfortable looks with each other. And that's why I think this movie is served well by its, you know, relatively long length. It's 130 minutes. They have this arc where it starts off very uncomfortably when they start interacting with Keating because they're so used to the system, quote unquote, uh, their money, their parents, you know, dictating everything that they want to do in life. Um, Having these big halls and teachers telling them what to do they're a little bit rambunctious they're teenage kids what what are you going to do i know they're building radios and smoking cigarettes and sneaking alcohol in every so often but but by and large they are comforted by the system quote unquote the system god i need to find a better way by the they are comforted by the fact that this school is an institution that's made practically for them and then Keating shows up, things get really uncomfortable at first, but then they start to get a taste for the finer things in life. They no longer appreciate their desk kits and you know family wishes and mit harvard med school they don 't appreciate that anymore they appreciate poetry, words art uh self expression you know there 's no real self expression outside of, you know, this community they've created for themselves in the actual Dead Poet Society. It's all just them trying to deal with the fact that their families are almost forcing them there to be be at the school. And society is almost forcing them to be at the school because, uh, you know, Todd Anderson shows up, uh, welcome to the school, young man, you have very big shoes to fill. Uh, Your brother was one of our finest. You know, it's expected of them to go and, you know, be as good as their predecessors which is why I love the fact that they go from this nice, big, cozy, warm, institutionalized school over to the cave, where they hold their Dead Poet Society meetings, and they have an old book. They're all cold. It's damp. They try starting a fire. It doesn't work. They don't know how to function out there. So they build their own little community outside of that. And they have things like, you know, the weird saxophone song and the their own little traditions where they start every meeting with uh something i i guess it's by whitman i don't think it is but it's uh you know they start reading about poetry romances uh they start to appreciate those kinds of things they aren't necessarily comfortable there at first but then they become comfortable there and then they reach these incredibly high highs they appreciate things more they go out for their acting uh dreams they end up trying to seduce the uh, big high school jock's girlfriend because what the hell they can't help it they're in love or something and i think the movie does a brilliant job of showing the start and end of their arcs and what i like the most about this movie bar none is the very end oh captain my captain they stand on the desks Of course, for all the obvious reasons, like, it's really emotional, really powerful, a wonderful, quick punch in the face uh, in terms of how much Keating has affected these kids and how much these kids will go on with better lives. You know, these kids are not going to go back and hide in their dorm rooms and study their chemistry anymore. They're going to go and appreciate the finer things in life. They're going to enjoy art and poetry and self-expression this is not this is a negative experience of course but they're going to move on they're going to learn so much they have learned so much because at the very end when faced with adversity from the headmaster who's teaching their english class they stand up on their desks and say oh captain my captain and watching it this time i thought this is a wonderful moment i love it it's really cheesy it is so cheesy that these kids decide to stand up on the desk and say oh captain my captain and it it, It's very meaningful and sweet because we've seen where that started. We've seen what the significance is to everyone in the room. But what resonated with me this time around, all Keating says at the end of it is, Thank you, boys. And the movie ends. Them standing up on the desk is not going to save his job. Them standing up on the desk is not going to make Neil come back from the dead. It's just them expressing how they feel in a way that is very cinematic. Uh, The music swells, and everyone has that Spartacus moment. Uh, I am Spartacus, I am Spartacus, so captain my captain. And it's cheesy, but that's okay, because that's what these kids have learned to appreciate. We stay alive for those kinds of moments where people stand on desks and make scenes. You know, that's why... so many things are popular now because they are life-affirming. They are big and bold. And that's what Robin Williams was trying to get across to these kids. All he could say is, thank you, boys, and then walk away. This isn't a movie with happy endings. It's very happy. It's very motivating in a, you know, much broader, life-affirming way. But it's not a happy ending by any stretch of the imagination. Watching Robin Williams react to Neil's suicide was heart wrenching um, The fact that here he is trying to preach these life-affirming things, and yet there are these reports of him having committed suicide earlier today. Earlier today. And this movie is, what, almost 20 years old. 15 years old. Whatever. It's it's old. It's 20 years old. But I, I had such a hard time watching it. This movie took me about three hours to get through with lots of pauses and uh, breaks. Uh, had dinner in the middle of it. Mac and cheese. You guys don't care about that. But I, I'm still incredibly shaken by today's news. And it's such a weird mixed message to see dead poet society and know that robin williams is dead he very possibly committed suicide earlier today that that's it you know when you have that kind of outlook on life like in dead poet society you experience these incredibly high highs and then the lowest of lows like when neil kills himself when his family tells him he can't act It's like you could be perfectly content in a very institutionalized, organized way, but you're not going to have the same experiences as someone who can appreciate small moments in life and understand that we stay alive thanks to engineering, science, medicine, but we stay alive for art love poetry self-expression and that's why i think dead poet society is one of the most famous movies of this kind of uplifting genre even though it's far from a happy ending it's just you know one of those movies that captures something one thing even if it's not the best thing in the world or the most important thing in the world like that pritchett scale the um importance versus uh artisticity or whatever something like that but you know it's one of these movies that can capture something so raw and primal and important that it's so hard to put your finger on unless you tell the story of all these kids in this institution that does not recognize who they are or what they want to do thanks for tuning in for this uh, very long rambly uh emotional episode of adr I'll be back tomorrow with another uh, Robin Williams movie, keeping with this theme uh, in honor of Robin Williams. I'll be going through some of his uh, popular work and sharing my thoughts and opinions and recommendations with you guys. Have a good night. Watch more movies.